0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: So the question remains, why are so many Americans resistant to wearing a mask in public? I mean, maybe it's a comfort thing. Maybe it's an aversion to taking orders. Or maybe they just wanna show off that pasty quarantine skin. Another reason might be that their leaders are leading by example, only the wrong example.
0: The CDC is advising the use of non-medical cloth face covering as an additional voluntary public health measure. So it's voluntary. You don't have to do it. I don't think I'm going to be doing it. U.S. Vice President Mike Pence now says he should
1: have worn a mask during his visit to the renowned Mayo Clinic last week. Governor Eric Holcomb is apologizing this morning after a Facebook photo shows him taking a selfie with two people and not wearing a mask. This Ohio State representative says he won't be wearing a mask because of religious reasons. Republican Representative Nino Vitali says our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and one of those principles is that we are all created in the image and likeness of god and that image is seen the most by our face okay wow that is a bold religious stance from that lawmaker and i don't know if going out without a mask is a way to honor god but it's definitely a way to meet him sooner like where is he even getting this from because i've been to sunday school i don't remember this being in the ten commandments I don't remember Moses coming down like, and commandment number nine, thou shalt not cover all of this. So look, I don't even understand how a public health issue like wearing a mask became so politicized. But it is weird to me, it is really weird to me that so many of these people who refuse to wear masks claim to be proud patriots who would do anything for their country. Because right now, America is at war with the coronavirus. And if you're going out in public without wearing a mask, well then, you're fighting for the other side. In normal times, college is one of the greatest periods in a young person's life. You make your closest friends, you soak up exciting new ideas, you have your athletic abilities financially exploited. But all that changed this year when COVID-19 hit and campuses across the country shut down like this.
0: The sudden closure of college campuses across the country over the coronavirus sent millions of students home early.
1: These students barely had any time to pack up their things and leave. A lot of folks said that they had to leave their belongings on campus. I got a call on Sunday sort of saying, like, it's time to go. So I didn't really have time to say goodbye to anyone. We didn't have any boxes. We were throwing things in garbage bags and trying to drag them down the hall. Man. That has got to suck so much. Can you imagine? One minute you're in school, and the next thing, your stuff is in trash bags, and you're on the streets, which is pretty rough. I mean, the last person who had to leave college that quickly was Aunt Becky's daughter. Having your university shut down instantly is not a normal thing. I mean, except at Trump University. Okay, class, uh, today we're gonna be learning about business finance, and the most important thing you want to... Oh, shit, it's the cop. We gotta go, we gotta go! But even though students are no longer at school, they're still supposed to be going to class. And students are quickly being confronted with the reality that online learning is a little different than the real thing. College classes that once looked like this, now look like this. Students say they miss interacting with professors and campus resources such as libraries and study
0: groups are gone. Students claim that online instruction is far below the classroom experience. They suck. Literally, they suck. We're now um,
1: obligated to spend about half of our day uh, Zooming our teachers. If you're in like a 200-person lecture and like one person forgets to mute themselves, then that's just like chaos. Some even getting Zoom-bombed in this class by a clown. During a
0: remote learning class, the University of Miami instructor shared his screen with the students. The main page had that day's lessons, but some eagle-eyed students spotted the words Busty college girl at the top of his screen.
1: Yeah, during a college Zoom lecture, uh, the students noticed that their lecturer who was sharing his screen had a tab open for busty college girl. And that is so embarrassing. I mean, who still uses the word busty? What are you searching for porn in the 1920s? Looking for busty flapper girls? Now, to be fair, to be fair, we might not know the whole story, right? because tabs get cut off all the time on a computer. Yeah, maybe that browsing tab says busty college girl, but then when you see the full website name, it's actually how to respect and act appropriately around busty college girls. We don't know, we know. But yeah, students are quickly learning that online college is just not as good as the real thing. It's kind of like how online gambling is not like the real thing. I mean, yeah, you can lose your money, But if someone's not there to break your legs, then what's the point? And here's the other thing about online classes. Even if they go well, classes are not the only important thing about going to college. Students and families pay huge tuitions because they want the entire college experience. And now that they're not getting it, they want some of that money back. Protesters are taking aim at colleges and universities. Students picketing schools, saying they're not getting what they paid for. They've filed class action lawsuits demanding partial tuition
0: refunds. One claims online learning is subpar in practically every aspect.
1: We have to pay $55,000 for the same, basically the same thing you could find on a Coursera or edX for, for $50. I totally get why these college students want their money back. I mean, imagine paying for Yale but instead now you're getting University of Phoenix. It's like buying a ticket to see a movie starring Tom Cruise and then you get there and they show on starring Ted Cruz. You gotta refund my popcorn at least. And it's so unfair that these students aren't gonna get their money back when their professors are so rich that they can even afford elbow patches for their jackets. I mean, that's not fair. And why are they protecting their elbows anyway? They're not rollerblading. So right now, because of coronavirus, college has become much less appealing. And because enrollments have dropped so much for next year, colleges have gotten desperate, so desperate, that they're willing to accept students that they never previously would have even considered. Which means shit's gonna get really interesting next semester. My son got into Harvard because he got perfect SAT scores. Oh, my son got into Harvard from a Groupon. So now, May is here. And this weird, unprecedented school year is coming to an end. And the good news is, While the class of 2020 may not have gotten everything they might have wanted out of their final semester, they're still finding innovative ways to make graduation day as special as possible.
0: Fred Johnson went to Ohio State University, but the school didn't hold commencement. So Johnson walked across his family's living room (laughs) instead.
1: One business school in Japan, getting creative. The graduating students take a virtual walk across the stage to receive their diplomas as robot avatars. Students are holding their own graduation ceremonies on popular games like Animal Crossing. UC Berkeley's class of 2020 is
0: getting creative when it comes to celebrating their achievements.
1: We are recreating the entire UC Berkeley campus in Minecraft to host a commencement ceremony. It's going to be an open day for everyone to just explore campus, kind of relive their memories, take photos. I'm
0: imagining just the entire campus-wide party.
1: Bravo! These kids recreated their entire campus in a Minecraft video game. They did this just so that they could get together for one last hurrah. And you know, this reminds me of when I spent a semester studying abroad in the Mushroom <coughs> Kingdom. <laughs> Young love, Jatem Bowser, Jatem. Now, if you're not lucky enough to have gone to a school that's figured out how to throw a whole commencement inside a video game, you can still have a kick-ass graduation, because celebrities everywhere are getting together to do virtual commencement addresses for the entire class of 2020. Like Oprah is doing one with help from Simone Biles, Lil Nas X, and Miley Cyrus. President Obama, he's giving one with LeBron James and Malala. Yeah, that's super cool. Although it's gonna be tricky to watch an Obama speech over Zoom, because you'll never know if he's buffering or just pausing for effect. And to all the young kids out there, uh, you gotta... Uh... Mom, you gotta restart the router. Follow your dreams. Never mind. The lockdowns have been hard on many people, but it's been especially hard on Donald Trump. Because this is a guy who used to spend every day playing golf or holding rallies or flying to different cities around the world, like an ignorant Dora the Explorer. But thanks to COVID-19, he spent the last few weeks stuck at the White House with nothing to do, except argue with the ghost of George Washington and build forts with all the intelligence briefings he's supposed to be reading. So Trump has been itching to get out of the house. And yesterday, he finally made it happen with a trip to Arizona, where he toured a factory making N95 masks as part of the federal government's response to the pandemic. And for a trip meant to highlight coronavirus safety, things got off to an awkward start. This is the president's first trip during the coronavirus pandemic, and we quickly learned there are a lot of new rules for the road. Governor Doug Ducey welcoming President Trump on the Sky Harbor tarmac, Trump going in for the handshake and a head fake, then settled for a backslap. Senator Martha McSally went for the air elbow bump, then a mock hug from Congresswoman Debbie Lesko sweet lord in heaven that was a disaster that looked like every time a white person goes in for a handshake with a black person um is it uh we we, we're gonna do the uh what oh are we gonna explode all right you know what you (laughs) you take the lead my brother you know it almost looked like trump was messing with the governor of arizona handshake psych you idiot don't you know there's a pandemic i can't wait to tell fauci about this one also What is the point of avoiding a handshake if you then wipe your hands all over the other guy's suit? I mean, at that point, you're just using him as a corona napkin. And you know Trump is gonna lie about this if he's asked. The handshake went off exactly as planned. It was a perfect handshake. Read the transcript. But after that masterclass on greetings, Trump and his entourage moved on to the Honeywell factory, where they were given a grand tour of the machinery that helps to make the masks that are being shipped around the country. And you may have noticed that even after Mike Pence's faux pas at the Mayo Clinic, Trump decided not to wear a mask while walking around the mask factory. And look, I know he's worried about how he looks, but that makes no sense. I mean, the mask would literally be the least distracting thing on Trump's head. Everything else needs like nine hours of explanation. Now, the White House's defense is that the president doesn't need to wear a mask because everyone who comes into contact with him is given a rapid coronavirus test. And if that's the case, maybe Trump should be hosting rallies right now. Yeah, because think about it. Then everyone who touches him will finally get access to a test, and then boom, America's testing problem is solved. Ha <laughs> ha! Do we even need Fauci? I feel like I'm doing all the work. But clearly Trump was feeling invincible yesterday because not only did he raw dog the air, he also did something that he's usually too afraid to do, an interview with someone who doesn't work at Fox News. And immediately, They asked him about why his administration had such a slow response. Don't forget, the cupboard was bare. The other administration, the last administration left
0: us nothing. We didn't have ventilators. We didn't have medical equipment. We didn't have testing. You know, you're three years into your first term. What did you do when you became president to restock those cupboards that you say were bare? Well, I'll be honest, uh, I have a lot of things going on. Uh, We had a lot of uh, people that refused to allow the country to be successful. Uh, They wasted a lot of time on Russia, Russia, Russia. That turned out to be a total hoax. Then they did Ukraine, Ukraine, and that was a total hoax. Then they impeached
1: the president of the United States for absolutely no reason. Yeah, according to Trump, he spent three years not preparing for a pandemic because he was distracted by all the scandals he created. Even if Trump did have a lot going on, you gotta admit, man, that's a shitty excuse. You're the president. That's kind of the nature of the job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just wanted to run the country. I didn't know I'd have to multitask. And how's Trump gonna blame Obama for not having tests for a disease that didn't even happen yet? It feels like any time Trump needs an excuse, his go-to is Obama. He's probably been doing this since he was a kid. Donald, why haven't you cleaned your room? Mom, it wasn't me, it was Obama. Who the hell is Obama? But more concerning than Trump's refusal to wear a mask or his weak excuses about not preparing for a pandemic was the news that even with corona cases and deaths predicted to skyrocket, Trump has decided to disband the task force in charge of fighting the pandemic.
0: Tonight, as President Trump looks to move past the coronavirus pandemic, uh, he's acknowledging that the White House Task Force is winding down.
1: The Vice President, Mike Pence, says the group may disband around Memorial Day at the end of this month. Can you just explain why is now the time to wind down that task force?
0: Well, because we can't keep our country closed for the next five years. I'm not saying anything is perfect. And yes, will some people be affected? Yes. Will some people be affected badly? Yes but we have to get our country open and we have to get it open soon.
1: That's right. For Trump, the priority right now isn't to try stop the pandemic. It's to open up the country no matter what. I mean, how can you get rid of the task force fighting the pandemic while the pandemic is still growing? That makes no sense. Can you imagine if they stopped after Fast and Furious 6? How would we know how much more furious they get? Now, there was so much backlash to disbanding this task force, that this morning Trump announced that he would not be disbanding the task force. He said he would allow the task force to continue just with different people doing different things, which makes as much sense as telling your husband, you're not divorcing him, you're just continuing your marriage with a different person who you don't hate. But what's clear is that between his refusal to wear a mask, his weak excuses for not preparing for the pandemic and his attempt to kill the task force, Trump's field trip yesterday didn't get great reviews. And by the way, Those were just the parts of the trip that people actually saw. Because I don't know, do you remember that footage of Trump getting a tour of the factory? Well, we got the audio of what was happening. We wiretap all his tires. And it turns out yesterday could have gone even worse. Mr. President, do you want to start the machine that makes face masks? All you have to do is push the green button.
0: Just the green button right there. Yeah, the green one, that's it. It's the only one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, that wasn't green, that was the red button, but that's okay, a lot of people mix up green and red, no
1: problem, but that was the meltdown button, but that's okay, you did the best you could. Why don't you stand over there, Mr. President? Everything's gonna be okay, we're all gonna be okay. Uh,
0: shit, shit, shit. Hey, Bill, can you disarm a
1: countdown? We got like nine seconds, Bill. Eight, seven. That's our president. While nations like New Zealand and South Korea seem to have defeated the coronavirus, the situation in America isn't as clear. On the one hand, the number of infections in New York have been dropping steadily, which is great, but what's alarming is that the opposite has been happening in many states Around the U.S., when you look across the country, it's really a mixed bag. Uh, certainly, cases are falling in the tri-state region around New York City. Um, around the nation, hospitalizations and new cases continue to rise. So there's about 20 states where we see a rising number of new cases: Illinois, Texas, Maryland, Indiana, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee have a lot of new cases on a daily basis. And so while mitigation didn't fail, I think it's fair to say that it didn't work as well as we expected. Yeah. It turns out coronavirus is a lot like a Broadway musical. It starts out big in New York, and then months later, a much worse version pops up in Peoria. And like, I don't even understand how these Midwestern states are failing at social distancing. The whole state is already social distancing. Everything's spread out. You gotta get in a truck and drive 70 miles just to infect someone. I'm feeling a bit of a sneeze coming on, honey. We should head up to the Anderson's place. Make this thing count. But this just goes to show that fighting coronavirus in America was not a unified approach. And I mean, I get it, America's a big country and a country that likes to argue. It's hard to get everybody on the same page, you know? Forget coronavirus. Imagine if America tried to order a pizza together. Some people would want toppings, some would want no toppings, some people would say pizza is a hoax, and then Trump would jump in like, forget pizza, just inject yourself with murder. Now, you would think an increase in cases would mean that now's maybe not the perfect time to open everything up. But many states in America are saying, hey man, this is not gonna enjoy itself. With the start of a new month comes a wave of cautious reopenings nationwide. Some states now opening gyms, hair salons or retail stores, others offering malls, theaters and golf courses. I'm at Miramar Beach Access 49 here in Walton County and today is a pretty big day. The beaches are fully reopened for their first time in more than a month. And while some residents are happy, some are not. And one of those people is Walton County resident and Florida lawyer, Daniel Olfowler.
0: Yeah, I'm here today to try to
1: make a point that we need to, I think it's premature that we open our beaches. Wow. Walking around Florida as the Grim Reaper? That must have freaked people out. Because you know there had to be some 90-year-old grandma who saw him like... I'm ready, Grim Reaper. Take me. All I have is my grandkids and I hate them. What? You can all see him too? Oh, that that was just Nana's medication talking. <laughs> now, look, I, I appreciate the effort this guy's making, but at the same time, I don't know if the Grim is gonna scare that many people. This is Florida. God sent alligators to make people stay out of the water, and they responded by wrestling them. But it turns out, people on the beach might be the least of America's worries. Because there are other groups doing much crazier things tonight across the country,
0: outrage. Protesters demanding states reopen their economies in Maine, Oregon, and Kentucky.
1: Impassioned protesters gathering tightly by the hundreds, frequently without masks. On Friday, in California's capital, 30 arrests as protesters face off with police. Protesters armed with assault rifles storming the Capitol in Michigan. God. Damn, only in America do protests start by storming the Capitol with assault rifles. I mean, did you try calling, writing a letter? Usually the armed rebellion is the last step. It's not, which way to the suggestion box? And I feel bad for all these governors trying to enforce these shutdowns. You know, it's like herding cats, except more difficult because some of those cats have assault rifles. Now, I I know a lot of people probably saw this video and said to themselves, man, if black people were holding guns, and shouting at the police, that protest would end badly. But guys, please, please, that's not true. The protest wouldn't have ended badly. There wouldn't be a protest. All the black people would have been pulled over on the way there. Now, there's no denying that Trump has encouraged these protests. I mean, he's tweeted that these states need to be liberated. Uh, He said that the protesters were good people and that the governor was wrong and should negotiate. And even as America's coronavirus death toll has zoomed past Trump's predictions of what the total death toll would be, Trump hasn't changed his mind. In fact, the only thing he's done is move the goalposts. That's one of the reasons we're
0: successful. That's one of the, if you call losing... 80 or 90,000 people successful. But it's one of the reasons that we're not at that high end of the plane as opposed to the low end of the plane. That number has changed, Mr. President. You said it's going up. Now it's going up. I used to say 65,000, and now I'm saying 80 or 90, and it goes up and it goes up rapidly. But it's still going to be, no matter how you look at it, at the very lower end of the plane
1: if we did the shutdown. Ah, you see, guys, this is the art of the deal. You start by saying 60,000 Americans will die, coronavirus counters with everyone, and then Trump moves it up to 90,000. Who needs a vaccine when you have a deal maker this good in the White House, am I right? (laughs) I'm not right. Basically what happened in that clip is that Trump got his numbers super wrong. And instead of just admitting it, he picked a new set of numbers to try and seem right. And I hope that Trump doesn't play the lottery, because. That must suck for all the people who work at Powerball. I won, I won the lottery. Uh, No, sir, you actually picked the wrong numbers. Well, I want to change them to the right numbers. You guys do this every time I try claim. You treat me worse than Abraham Lincoln. And this isn't even the first time Trump has shifted his predictions. In fact, the only thing we've been able to rely on Trump for is throwing out estimates that keep on changing.
0: If we didn't do it, you would have had a million people, a million and a half people, maybe two million people dead. But we're going toward 50 or 60,000 people. It looks like we'll be at about a 60,000 mark. 60, maybe 65,000. 65,000 people. 70,000. 75, 80, 80 or 90,000 people. They had minimum numbers of 100,000. And I think we're going to beat that. If we could hold that down, as we're saying, to 100,000, so we have between 100 and
1: 200,000, uh, we all together have done a very good job. And that is why Donald Trump will always be in the top five presidents of all time. Okay, maybe top 10. You know what? Possibly top 30. If he's in the top 45, then I would say he's done a very good job. Before we go, Please remember that the COVID pandemic has devastated communities around the world, but the International Medical Corps is helping those communities rebuild and recover. And if you are able to, and would like to help them in their global outreach, please donate whatever you can. And if you'd like to support the response here at home in New York City, please donate to the NYC Healthcare Heroes who are providing care packages to our healthcare workers, hospitals, and temporary medical facilities.